Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we're finally there. The impossible to watch, except for on YouTube. Thanks again, uh, CanelFan4587. <laughs> uh, we're, we're able to watch this, which is fantastic. And I'm, I'm just saying, I don't mind saying that this is one of my favorite arcs in the entire series. Like, it's just, it's magnificent. And yeah, I think... It's it's just one of the best things they ever did. And we're going to talk about why as we go. Yes, and I um, watched the first two episodes. We're only going to watch the first two, talk about the first two episodes, but it was all I could do to Not stop. to just sit down and watch the whole thing again? Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing again. I don't have time to do that. Exactly. Like I have fit in sort of that 85 minutes, you know, into my schedule. Episodes. <laughs> yeah jam another five episodes onto that would kinda, i can't yeah no no i totally get you it. know totally get it but it's it's tempting oh is it, it tempting? is so tempting yeah these first two these but these first two episodes set everything up so fast and it's gonna be fun it's, and that's paul winfield oh, is paul, yeah, a joy paul winfield I mean, it's a joy to watch. It's honestly one of these things where you watch it and you're like, I don't know who my favorite performer is. Like, mm -mm. who is my favorite character? Who's my favorite performer? Everyone is su doing such an incredible job. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's no, so good. Sure. <laughs> you know, Deborah Harry is being Deb Deborah Glenn Harry. Frey. Glenn Frey's in By this. Glenn Frey. It's He's just... so good. And... So funny. And oh my God, seeing um, Fleetwood. Oh, Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> oh God, yeah, Mick Fleetwood. Oh, you know, just so for wonderful. that little bit, it is just all the key characters. Yeah. It just it has been written so well. They must have had so much fun doing this. Oh, absolutely. Writing That's this clear. It is one hundred percent clear that they and, love this. And the, you know, and. Um, so, uh, let's get started. Let's get we're... right to it. All right, all right, all right. I mean, yes. it's just we're talking about how much we love it, but yeah, we'll we'll get started now. All right, so it opens uh, with Frank talking with a guy from the DEA in a play in the Dead Dog Records offices, and we find out pretty quickly that Dead Dog Records, this uh, company, used to own, uh, sorry, used to be owned by a drug baron that the. Uh, the, the DEA has just, uh, how shall I put this? Has just, uh, well, put in jail forever. They, they yes, put in jail confiscated forever. confiscated everything. all of his stuff. Now, they have a plan, and that is get the, uh, <laughs> get the OCB to take over this so they can, you know, look at organized crime in the record industry. And in return, they want Ricky's plane, which I thought was a nice touch. Yes. Uh, they want Ricky Penzolo's plane, and I'm like, wow, that is uh, just just the idea going in there, and this is the key part that like they they killed a guy and they took all of his money, because <laughs> that's I mean that's basically what happened. John yes. did murder that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enough, enough. What enough? <laughs> no, I mean, it's very funny that that's the follow up. That it's like that they have harvested all of his stuff. And obviously could, he got it yeah. through crime, but it's just so funny that, like, they now get a good opportunity because of a murder they covered up. I think it's funny. 
and it's worth it's worth acknowledging. Okay, I, I maintain that it's worth acknowledging. All right. <laughs> yes. I think it. I think, I think it's so. Really they want Ricky's. They want Frank Ricky's makes plane. a deal. Yeah, and Frank makes a deal for they get Dead Dog Records, which is a publishing catalog people really enjoy, like that people want to record. They want to record this publishing catalog, and so it's a way into the industry because they have this four and a half million dollar publishing catalog full of some of like the greatest songs, you know, uh, and, the greatest the, performers, and the greatest performers. And... So it's it's a huge deal to get your hands on this, and it's a way, as he says, into into these businesses, right, that are otherwise pretty insular. All right, so and Frank. They cut a deal. They lease. Uh, they're not. But what's interesting is they're not giving up the plane. A plane is no. a valuable thing to have. So he's like, okay, well, we'll lease you the plane as long as we're in the uh, the music record industry. music. Yeah, and then we get it back once we're out of it. And the uh, the DEA gets a cut of any money they seize. And that's that's an interesting part because it's like the, the idea. It's the first time we've had the idea of essentially these guys running this thing like it's a for-profit enterprise and the answer is it's because they all have limited budgets but if they seize money they get to use that money and so the weird part is they have this whole thing where essentially the priority of law enforcement becomes going after people that they can get money out of and if that sounds like extortion to you uh that's not an accident (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look up a little something called civil asset forfeiture. <laughs> and they, obviously, I'm sure the drug kingpin was a bad guy, and we know Ricky Penzola was a bad guy. Absolutely. I'm not questioning that. But at the same time, you do have the question of, well, okay, what is your priority? Like, because the, the, the priority of the guy in the DAA really does seem to make sure that, you know, they get their fair share of the money out of this. And I think that's an interesting presentation. But anyway, Vinny is unbelievably excited right away to be, like, the whole idea of being in the music industry. He is completely on board minute one. Like, the first second, he's like, yep, I absolutely cannot get enough of this. I'm going to be running a label. I'm going to... or already, I'm going to be running a label. I'm going to be, like, uh, meeting people. This is going to be... I'm going to be in the music industry. He's like, I, I've loved the music industry my entire life. I got a basement full of albums. This is fantastic. And as Frank says, oh my God, like, how bad, is, how bad are you going to be if you're excited to work on a case? <laughs> like, look at how crazy things get when I have to twist your arm to do a job. Oh, I thought that was pretty beautiful. But yeah, so uh, Frank but- is understandably <laughs> wary. And how exciting! And surprising, and surprisingly, craziness is all in the business. Oh, exactly. You know, like it's not right really, in. Vinny yeah. just, you know, it. Vinny's personality, Vinny's it, whole way of doing things it, fits yeah. perfectly. I know. Oh God, it's so good. All right, so then we get our first scene with uh, where we meet Bobby Travis, who is uh-huh. uh, Glenn Frey's character. Yeah, and in case you don't know who Glenn Frey is, sadly Glenn Frey has died. Uh, we no longer have Glenn Frey with us anymore. He was a fantastic singer and songwriter, and he was one of the members of the Eagles. So if you don't know who Glenn Frey is, hopefully you've heard of the Eagles. They're an incredibly po- like an incredibly important California rock band, 
And, uh, yeah, they, you know, responsible for Hotel California and a hundred other hits. So, yeah, yes. that's that's who Glenn Frey is. Yes. Uh, he did not have the solo career that Don Henley had, but he still was in a lot of things and did a lot of good work after the Eagles broke up. So, yeah. Uh, but Don Henley was the one who had the uh, the big music career afterwards. Uh, but, you know what? He turned his sights to acting and... It's one of those things where he just does a fantastic job. You know? Oh, he's just great He's here. so good in this. <laughs> like, he's so good. Bobby's, he's just a wonderful character. I mean, everybody's wonderful. And because you're not dealing with murderers anymore, you can just take a step back and, like, really just enjoy these character performances. You don't have to, like, get into the morality of it too much. You're just like... No, you've only got people. really one character where the morality issue does come up. And oh, absolutely. that's... You know, Winston. So yeah, the villain of the piece. The villain of the piece, but everybody else is just riding the gravy train if they can, or screwing it up, or doing. Yes. I mean, it it is it is just fun watching this, you know. And and you see Bobby Travis. You know, there's Vinny struggling to get anybody to talk to him. Nobody's going to talk to him. Yeah. Doesn't matter that he bought Dead Dog Records. Nobody knows who the hell he is. Yeah, nobody knows and who he is. So there you go. Bobby Travis walks in and says, "Here, I can get you phone. on the phone with anybody in this yeah, industry." Yeah, so they Vinny gives me. him the phone. Yeah, and calls the guy who's trying to get on the phone, Trevor Benton. Again, fantastic name. The writers are famous. <laughs> the writers on this show are so good at character names. Uh, but what interests me about the scene is. How, what a great, like, little scripting job they do. Because there's this great moment where uh, Bobby gets on the phone, and we only hear his side of the conversation. But you know exactly what's being said, because uh, Bobby gets on the phone with the sec uh, Trevor's sec uh, secretary. Yeah. And he says, uh, it's like, uh, and what he says is the uh, that uh, maybe, like, hey, it's Bobby, uh, sooner, than you uh, sooner than you think. And he's like, I got a good friend of mine. Yeah, uh, you know, getting into the business. Yes. Yeah. Vinny Terranova, good looking guy. Then he hears something, he's like, maybe. Anyway, let's, can we get in to see Trevor? And I'm like, just his performance in the rain lets you know, okay, so she, when he said it's Bobby T, and she's like, oh, you know, when it's like, when am I going to be seeing you? And he's like, sooner than you think. And then the rest, good looking guy. And then obviously she said, is he straight? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at Vinny and is like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so good and again it's his performance in the writing that gives you the second half of that conversation without having to put it in there it's so great so then we have one of the most like okay it's just exposition like it is yeah. we now get five minutes of pure exposition and it is a like the one of the greatest examples of if you find like really interesting visuals to go with it. And if you, you have the exposition delivered by a really interesting performer, ex exposition isn't necessarily painful at all. And it, yeah. And yeah. because in this show, it is necessary because the audience needs to know what the music business is all about as well. Exactly. Like, I mean, the fact is everybody in the audience work. listens to music. Everybody knows, yeah. but you need someone to come in and explain how all of this works and that's mm -hmm. what bobby's there to do and as you say it works like crazily well like it yeah, works because, so well because Vinny's like the audience he doesn't have a clue yeah he doesn't have like the ins and outs of the industry 
right uh so yeah we so we get the whole thing we find out about uh the mansion that winston lives in i uh we and this is the key part we don't meet winston this week Mm -mm. we do not meet winston the first week we do not meet amber and isaac twine the first week right and these are going to be the central character of the show but we're introduced to the idea of winston nuquay uh just fantastic again fantastic character names uh we get uh, we get the idea of Winston Nuque as the guy who's made a billion dollars in the music industry, and we're going to talk more about that later and how he did it. But yeah, it's it, essentially there is money to be made, right? There is unlimited money to be made in this industry because people are always going to consume music, people are always going to buy music, and if you can be in control of that, oh god, there's just nothing. There is just nothing but riches coming your way, as we see by the the three levels. Of, sorry, we see the four levels, which is the people who desperately want to get into it, and with, that is the bar band they see, and then we yeah. see the people who've made it, which is you know, you know Bon Jovi. I mean, they don't sh- say who's playing. Well, let's say Bon Jovi because they're in New Jersey, uh, <laughs> in a giant arena, and then the third place we go is the people who make the money, right. Like, uh, yeah, you might be you might be in this giant stadium, but you're not the one making the money. The guy, the the rich guy who lives in the big house is the one really making the money. And then we go to the fourth station, which is Diana, uh, <laughs> Diana, yeah. who is working in a dive bar. Yep. Ha- despite the fact that she was in a band that sold, what is it, four million records. She's just yeah. singing at a piano in a dive bar. And it's like, this is what the industry does. It takes passion, it turns it into fame, it extracts all the money, and then it throws the husks out. Like, it's yeah. great! Yeah, it's and, such a good scene. Yeah, Series and as... it No, the whole thing just explains it all, and it does... And you have all of the visuals, mm-hmm. as you say, to go along with the explanations. We'll get further explanations but right and there's there's poor uh diana you know just sitting there playing her playing her piano the standard tunes that you get in one of these bars Mm -hmm. and um you know like those who have seen the original blues brothers will recognize the scene as the holiday inn bar right that kind of scene and they they clearly they want to hear the standards because she says uh we see her playing uh i only have eyes for you one of the many licensed songs you will hear in the next couple of weeks, uh, which is the reason that this can't be put on DVD or put in syndication, because it would cost way too much money to get the rights to all of these songs. Uh, but yeah, so she's singing I Only Have Eyes For You, which they had to pay for, and then she's like, let me sing one of my uh, new songs. And the guy, and the bartender's like, we pay you to play what people know. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you jerk. Ugh. And not even playing her own songs. Not even her own songs. No, she's playing the standards. Because yep. it's just a piano bar. And they're not here to hear her, you know, songs from her days playing rock music. And yep. then we get a fantastic, like, so she talks to Vinny. And he finds, Vinny finds out that, you know, she was destroyed by Winston. He finds about uh, out about cleans, which is nice, which is the idea that uh, you print, as they say, you print a million CDs. Right, you say you're printing a million CDs, but you actually print two million, and then you ship the other million around the world, 
and you get you keep all the cash you don't tell the artists it was made um, those ever existed so you don't have to pay royalties right yep. or essentially or admit that those people are hitting their sales targets which is another big thing yeah and we'll yeah. find out more about gleans as we go <laughs> along but this is our introduction to where the money is yeah to quote john henry, henry where's <laughs> the money okay well we find out right away where yeah, the money then, is and, and this is Oh, and it turns out that the reason that Bobby Travis thought it was so important to see Diana was she's actually got a multi-year contract with Dead Dog Records. So technically, Vinny is her boss. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so... And then Vinny has a great idea. Uh, he find... And this is a thing where when I first watched it as a child, you're like, oh, Vinny's trying to do right by this woman. But it's like... You watch this scene now, and you're watching close, and you're like, oh, Vinny's a player, and he has gotten to the point where he knows exactly how to manipulate people over the past two years of doing it, well, three years at this point of doing this job. Now he knows how to man manipulate people, because the information he has gotten about this industry is that Winston is the biggest person in the industry, right? He is, the, he is where the money is in this industry. And Diana, right, was... Uh, she, he was her personal manager and they were lovers and he stole all of her money and kicked her out. And, yep. and Vinny hears this and he's like, okay, well, how do I get, like, if I want to break this into this industry, I got to get, you know, Winston's attention. Well, how am I going to do that? Oh, I have his ex-girlfriend under contract <laughs> and she desperately wants to get back in the studio. And so it's like, what he's doing is... Like, it is manipulation. And it is, like, it, he's doing technically the right thing, but what he's, the reason he's doing it for is as a way to manipulate Winston. Like, that's all that this is about. He, like, he lucks into his first day meeting Bobby and dealing with this stuff. He lucks into the perfect way to manipulate and get under the skin of Winston, and he immediately seizes on it. And so the next day, uh, he co he comes into the office and he says, "We're making a record," <laughs> and that's and that and it's like that's it. They're off and running. Although we do get the great scene of um, everyone being very mm. nervous uh, at the FBI about yeah. like hiring Bobby, which is what Vinny has done. Uh, yeah, because they're like, um, as they say in a subsequent episode, uh, he might be eligible for government insurance. Insurance. <laughs> Since he's That's working for an up. FBI-owned company. Uh, Mark, always there with the good lines. We love you, Mark. Yeah. No, no. I it, and, it, and it really is. But yes, that first. And of course, you know, I mean, what's his face? Paul? Yeah, that, Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, says, yes, well, you know, we've dealt with payola. And as Vinny says, it's not payola anymore. Yeah. We have <laughs> all cleans. moved on. It's we've cleans. all moved on. It's yes. cleans. It's faulty accounting. It's like... Uh, Winston has, you know, stolen a hundred million dollars from his artists. So let's look into that. You know, it's not just, and in case you don't know what payola is, um, it, it's a term that doesn't really exist anymore because everything yeah. is a scam now. Everything is fraud now. There's like all bribery has been legalized. Uh, but the idea was it used to be that, uh, what record promotion promoters would do, record companies would do is pay cash money to DJs 
in order to play their client's songs so that the songs became popular to ensure that they got heard. And of yeah. course, that's anti-competitive behavior, right? That's not how it's supposed to work. And so that is a crime. And there is there were constant investigations in that, like throughout the 50s and 60s. I mean, how? And there were people who were just destroyed by it. Alan Absolutely. Freed was destroyed by a Paola scandal. scandal. Exactly. And... Yeah. and um, no, some of the key were, figures oh yeah it was huge like it was this you know giants these giant scandals like where the biggest names in the country were these djs right who were heard all across the country and you know, like you listen to for hours a day playing music and it turns out oh the music they were be they turns out they were, they being were pushing paid. yeah they were being paid yeah. to push it and that's yeah. you know kind of a <laughs> that it was a huge i know that sounds quaint today <laughs> But trust me, in the days when radio was all was your only way to hear new music, which is most of the history of music, this was a pretty huge deal. Uh, it doesn't sound like that now when, again, everything is a scam and music is free everywhere. But at the time when the only way for you to hear a new song was if it played on the radio, like that was the only way to find out about the new bands, the new songs, the new albums. This was a huge deal. So... You understand why Paul is sting still thinking about payola as being the big story in the industry, even though it hasn't been, as uh, Vinny says, for years. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like, it's kind of amazing the stuff you learn on this show. Uh, well, so yes. Yeah, please. Yeah, no, and, and the thing is, we already, and what we've already learned is how they make they make the money, is the bands play for everything. Exactly. They pay, oh, yeah. It they comes pay out of their everything. profits. Yeah, he does that wonderful speech about how they generate a fortune. They They generate generate a fortune, fortune, but they don't make that money because the band pay for they pay for all their travel. They pay for setting up the stadiums. They pay for the limos. They pay for the food. They pay for everything. Studio time. Studio time. Exactly. And and the, the of course the scam is the record company owns you know all of that stuff, and they're the ones charging. Like they tell. (laughs) we're going to find out more about this later, but they tell the artist where to record a studio they own. And then they make the artist pay them to use that studio. Yeah. And, and we can, I mean, one day we'll talk about uh, the movie industry and, and the bookkeeping issues with that too, (laughs) because this was a way of, this has been a way there are movies that have should have made people millions there are people being sued all over the place even today oh absolutely you know over um, quote-unquote hollywood accounting hollywood accounting so the film industry did a good job of it too just making sure this is why so many of these bands you know not not everybody uh is like willie nelson who just didn't pay his income tax <laughs> for years and years and yeah, years no, he never some bothered people were, yeah some people he was he was driven broke by his own bad decisions but a lot of people are you know driven into the poorhouse just by their own employers yeah, their, and their their own naivete they want to make it so big yeah so fast and we will see some of this later on in the series. Uh, in in uh, how it plays out. But anyway, so they have to make a record. Mm-hmm. Right? So then they go to and if you uh, debatably one record, of my favorite characters in the, <laughs> the entire The Phil Spector wannabe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Uh I don't know if you've heard of Phil oh. Spector. He was a guy who 
was considered <laughs> to be one of the produce best producers in the history of the film industry. Uh, film industry, Ian music the industry. Ramones. Like he is, yeah, the, the Ramones. He did a bunch of John Lennon's things. He invented the Motown sound. You know, well, <laughs> him and he Barry invented Gordy invented something called. Yeah, the, the wall, wall of, sound. of sound. So you had in the 60s all of these bands, right? Um, yeah. The Ronettes, for example. Mm-hmm. This is all Phil Spector. Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, and the Ramones agreed to work with him and then went, oh, and they don't like, but I tell you, the album that they did. Oh, with, with him? With Spector. Yeah. You it's know, it's, they may not like it. <laughs> But it's their just, best work. It's just yeah, but like I think Steve, they don't yeah. like it because they remember the trauma of working with Phil Spector. With Phil Spector. <laughs> and yes, and that is, and of course, he ended up in jail for shooting somebody. He murdered a woman. Uh, he murdered yeah. a woman. He went to jail. He died in jail. He's dead now. Yeah. But that hadn't happened yet when this show was made. No. It was, so but, this. So their characterization oh. of his, you know, famous habit of carrying a gun everywhere and waving it around and famously sticking it in john lennon's face one time that that's all true yeah like uh, like it's all recreated here also and this one isn't based on phil specter it's based on a couple of other guys in the industry he's married to a 16 year old jerry lee lewis jerry well no jerry there's a bunch of guys (laughs) it's not one guy who married a 16 year old girl he married he married a 14 year old she was 13 or 14 when they got married so no but yeah like it's i mean well put a stall on his career lisa marie presley you know yeah elvis Elvis well elvis elvis didn't marry her until she was 18 and didn't have sex with her until she was 18 but he started dating her when When he was was, in the military she was was 14 or 14 14 14. 14. See, there you go. So, it's a, it's a big problem in the... <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> but it was, I mean, as she, and she does such a wonderful job oh, of God, being yeah. the girlfriend in this, you know. Well, the wife. And the wife, excuse me, that being yeah. the wife because she controls and she's still doing homework so she's still <laughs> obviously going to high school right? we actually get a scene in her high school in a subsequent Eventually, episode. Eventually, in a subsequent. Yeah. But this is, but this is fascinating right like he's just sitting there and then and and you know there's Vinny going well how can he let his daughter and you know bobby is going daughter that's his wife wife. (laughs) (laughs) 16 going on 35 yeah yeah that's like it's it's crazy yeah he's married to tanya and it's like and remember this is means that like the parents had to i don't want to put too fine a point on this but sign their daughter like literally sign their daughter over to this man like that's well, they, how yes. that works legally like they had to sign legally. papers that yeah. said she could get married exactly it's... it depended on where you lived because it with jerry lee lewis of course that wasn't the case well, yeah, <laughs> because they were in what tennessee or something something like that Ugh. she was 14 they got married you know <sighs> Sorry, you know, so creepy they just went across the state line and got married. Her <laughs> parents, who is, you know, and her her parents, her father is Jerry Lewis's cousin, I think. Jerry Lee yes. Lewis's cousin. Jerry Lee Lewis is not Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis's cousin, just as Jimmy Swaggart is. But yeah, um, 
but yeah. And um, so he was he was staying there. And Wanda, that was Wanda. Yeah. And it's, um, it's yeah. fascinating. Like this. It's, it's, so it's one of the creepy things about this world. Yes, but, it is one of the creepy things. About but this it's an world. honest depiction of the world too, and that's the and thing. This, like, oh, and this guy and throwing the temper. So we see Diana, Vinny manipulating Diana into recording. But no, before that, we just want to talk one more second about Paul McCain okay. and what an amazing job he does. He does. Johnny oh Mather. my! He's so entertaining, so captivating. You can't take your eyes off of him. He's just stomping around, getting high, pulling out a gun. You know, just doing cocaine at the dinner table. Like, it is such a wonderful character. Uh, in case you don't know who Paul McCrane is, he's the guy who gets melted in RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's who Paul McCrane is. Uh, he's the guy who gets melted in RoboCop. He was on ER for years, just a wonderful supporting actor. And this is one of my all-time favorites, if not the all-time best performance of his. He's fantastic. So, But they've given him $30,000. Yep. They've hired him to turn her song into a hit record. And now they actually have to get Diana to do it, is do the problem. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny has done all this without actually getting her okay to do any of it. And so he goes and he, and the only way to describe it is he, like, he manipulates Diana and, you know, talks her into it. Yep. And then we get the wonderful uh, recording, and then we get this wonderful scene at the recording studio where she's not confident, Johnny freaks out as usual and tries to, you know, bulldoze over everyone at the studio. Like, it's it's a great scene. Uh, you know, he, Vinny has to make a muscle, as he always say. He says... <laughs> yeah. In order get to, Johnny to get it, get Johnny to take things seriously. Yeah. Oh my god. You know. But it's it's great, and they end up getting the song. They end up putting the song together, and they uh, they get their music, and they're off and running. And that's all one episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how much happens in one episode of this. Yeah, it is so tight. <laughs> yeah, like they cram so much into this episode. You, you in this episode, you understand everything about the arc, the yeah. stakes in the arc, what's going going on, what they're going to try and do. Mm -hmm. It's all set up for us here, and you think, well, where's it going to go from there? Well, yeah. So it's they have get it even better, right? All right. And so then, then the uh, the second episode starts, and we get another meeting where Paul has come back. Uh, Paul, it turns out all of this was happened uh, over two weeks while Paul was on vacation. And then Paul is back and Frank's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then Frank's gone on vacation. And so Paul's like, what the, you know, how did we end up in the music industry? Music well, you were away. And, you know, Frank was empowered to make, uh, Frank had access to the checkbook. So this is what happened. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> such i mean it's such a good scene and so they have to explain the situation uh as i mean this scene as always exists to just remind us <laughs> what the stakes are and who the players are and uh they talk about they explain what cleans are and he talks about uh, this is where they talk about payola and so they get in all of the details like all the details yes. we need if this is your first episode somehow this scene is there to tell you what's what and now we're going to start meeting the other characters. <laughs> because he has to find someone who is going to press this yeah. 
and distribute. Exactly. And, and his promote. idea is. And and as he explain as Vinny explains, oh, but this okay. is his perfect way. Having Diana's new record is a perfect way into one of the big hitters in the industry. Yeah. Okay. But okay. What we oh no, no, I guess it comes after. The whole scene with Monroe Blue. Oh yeah, no, no, that's next out. That's 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 the ripoff stick. That's next episode. Oh, that's the next episode. So yeah. I did watch the beginning of the third episode. <laughs> of course, you watched the. Beginning oh of the damn! Third episode. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I can't wait to talk about Monroe Blue. Blue yeah. <laughs> no, that's a character. Oh, my God. But anyway, okay, let's get back to meetings. So they go and meet uh, Shakala Records. Yeah, they go to Shakala Records, which is run by the husband and wife team of Isaac and Amber Twine. And Isaac is unbelievably great, like longtime wonderful character actor Paul Winfield. The man had a thousand parts. He was the voice of City Confidential in that famous um, episode, uh, the the famous episode of Star Trek where Picard meets an alien who can only speak in metaphor. Uh, oh, that's, it was... that's Paul Winfield in the costume. Gilgamesh. Yeah, 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 telling about Gilgamesh and Enkidu, and I'm like. I know what you're trying to do here, show, but there's no way that Paul Winfield's character is understanding what you're talking about. <laughs> but the point is, it's it's a wonderful episode. Darmok and Jalad at uh, Tanagra. Yeah. Uh, well, no, just a fantastic episode. It's it people. It's one of the best loved episodes. And Paul Winfield was the captain. And fun fact, Paul Winfield is also the captain of Chekhov's ship from uh, Star Trek Two. Yeah. Wrath of Khan. Who gets mm-hmm. the brain worm and kills himself. So Paul Winfield, yeah. you've definitely seen him in something. And yes. this again, if not his best performance, it's up there. Like, oh, really this is such an over-the-top, wonderful performance. Oh, it is. And he, believable. Yeah, and but the best part is, we establish right away. Like, again, you meet the character, and this is the genius thing. You learn everything about him and his fatal flaw. Right. Mm-hmm. All in the first you know, three minutes with this character. We know we know he's a flamboyant character. We know he's an expert. But at the same time, they layer in the fact that he is an inveterate he's gambler. Not, he's not only is an inveterate gambler, but the important part is fundamentally, you know, he's near the end of his rope financially because mm-hmm. he, you know, he pleads poverty at the idea of having to. Uh, spend four and a half million dollars on the album uh, on the buying dead dog records but and the key part is they're selling dead dog records the recording catalog uh, employment contracts for him and bobby for two years keeping them in the both in the industry but the kick is you have to fully produce diana's new album and release and promote it so that that is a big chunk of change and then we get this thing about him and this is the key part where there is a uh, he's like, I wouldn't even know how to promote it. Like the idea of doing the work of trying to reintroduce her. It seems like he's not interested in the work anymore. Like, yeah, he's he's a gambler because like the first thing we see him doing is betting on a sumo wrestling match uh, while on the phone with uh, Winston Newquay and winning 10 grand on a sumo match. Yes. So um, we already know that yeah. he and he and Winston are buddies. Yeah. 
of a of a strange sort, but they're buddies. The strangest sort. Well, as I said, like because he, we hear Winston on the phone being like, uh, "I just won ten dollars from ten thousand from you," and Winston says, "Yeah, that actually just makes us even." Yeah. <laughs> Although I suppose getting even with me is a victory for you. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, Winston, you get all the best lines. Oh yeah. He gets all the best lines. And this is, it, it's fantastic. So we learn everything we need to know about him because Vinny then says, uh, uh, okay, well, let's cut cards for it. Let's cut cards for the company yeah. then. Uh, you pay us double, $9 million for everything we're offering. Or if you win the cut cards, you get everything we're offering for free. Oh yeah. No, it's actually, isn't it, isn't it Winston that. Yeah, no, he's saying with Winston. Offers. Oh, well, Winston, yes. He says, offers to the company for whether yeah. I should buy it. But he just says whether I should buy it or not. Like yeah. whether I should buy it or not. And Vinny's the one who said, how about this? Double or free. And he takes yeah. a card and <laughs> Isaac can't like, can't commit to it. Like $9 million is just, it's too much. There's no way he could have. There, there, there is a limit to what he's going to gamble. Yeah, exactly. And he's going, the limit to what he's going to gamble is his company. And then Vinny reveals that he drew a two. There's literally no way. There were three cards in the deck that would have been lower than that. No, no, ace is high. Uh, No, three, the two of clubs, the two of diamonds, and the two of hearts. If you count three cards. Some people just count another two as a tie. But you're right. There are only three cards that technically using those rules could have been under. So, and of course, Vinny, it doesn't matter to him if he gives away the company for free because all he wants is to get inside of a bigger company. So he has the perfect bait because he really doesn't care. And of course, and this is the genius of Vinny's moves that he pulls in this episode because everyone else in the industry has to care about having a future in the industry. But Vinny doesn't which makes him come across as just the boldest, most daring person in the world. Yeah. Like, it's a really interesting thing that, like, he gets to be the smooth, suave corporate raider because he's got the whole government backing him up. (laughs) He's got no stakes in the game. He's got got no skin in the game the way everybody else does. Like, again, such, like, seriously, such a good scene. Because then they go to see Winston, and we get introduced with oh uh, Winston. <laughs> and again, another hilarious scene where he's getting dressed for some sort of gala event, and he goes to see his wife, who is so high. <laughs> Claudia Nuquay. He's just so high. Oh, like, literally cannot, uh, cannot function, cannot think. Just staring at the ceiling. And then she stares at his his calves, his legs, yes. and the way he's dressed at this point. Because he hasn't and put starts his pants to on laugh. yet. Yeah. He starts to laugh. And so he's like turns to the their their house people and just says, fix her. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it, Winston. What a way to meet a character. So then he goes downstairs and he meets Bobby and Vinny while he's still just wearing his shirt and no pants. And he goes to get a drink and then he talk about the deal. Uh, Winston is clearly not particularly interested. He's pretending not to be interested in the catalog. And he's definitely not interesting, uh, n- interested in giving uh, Diana another chance. And we'll find yeah. out more about that in a minute. Right. Which is, and this is the, uh, well, it's, it's kind of important what we find out later. But for right now, he's not interested. And then Vinny tries to again 
uh, impress people by taking off his own pants. And it's like, yeah, if I, I thought if I wore the dress code, I'd have a better chance of making a deal. Because he knows that if you want to get attention, you got to be willing to piss people off. And that's exactly yeah. what he does. He gets thrown out. And now they're like, okay, well, the two biggest names we could go to, one of them doesn't have the money to deal with us. And Vinny just ticked off the other one. Poor so Bobby Travis, you know. Oh, poor Bobby. <laughs> Because Bobby's cut in for 40% of every everything they generate. But of course, to do that, they actually have to generate money, not just piss people off. <laughs> so, yeah. they're such great performances. They really are. Oh, they're fantastic. All right. So, then they realize that what uh, what's happening, the reason he was getting all dressed up is that... <laughs> There's a uh, gala. A gala event tonight. To, so, uh, celebrating a Russian pop star who's making a moves into uh, uh, making moves into North America. And Bobby's like, I couldn't get into it. And Vinny's like, uh, Diana works for us now. She can get us in the door. She's famous. And it's like, oh, Vinny. Again, immediately using everything he can. Like, and, like immediately just running roughshod over everybody because that's what he does best. Uh, so you get this great scene of them like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's take a chance. And so they go there and we get more scenes with the people and we find out what's been going on with Winston and, uh, with, uh, with Winston and with Diana, which is not only because we get a, a bit where Diana goes to the meeting and Claudia talks to her and they get into a cat fight and it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is because again um god i can't remember the name of the actress playing claudia but again she's from deirdre California. hall deirdre hall thank you she was yes she was a famous soap opera actress yeah, famous soap opera actress so again uh we talked a little bit about this about so, uh, the differences between you know soap opera acting and dramatic television acting but here in a way that we didn't find it appropriate with susan prophet for all but one episode it's 100 percent appropriate with Deer, oh. uh, for Deirdre, Deirdre Hall, Hall. Claudia, like yeah, and she's, she's just oh, she was just furious, and she's telling her husband get her out of here. And then we find out that the and the trick <laughs> was that the that for whatever like whatever reason there was a real relationship. It wasn't all manipulation between her and Winston. And the fact is, they continued dating and being together. After he destroyed her career, they were still together. And as as Diana says, it was only because he couldn't afford the divorce. Divorce, yeah. That that he didn't leave you. And the thing is, we have reason to believe that's true. Uh-huh. Like that the so like Winston might have left sort of for Diana. might have might it's, have. Okay, but here's here's the other thing, right? Yeah. This is you can and and this is what is very strange. They're they're picking up on all of these bizarre little things that happen in the industry. Yeah, Elvis Presley was making a movie with Anne Margaret called "Viva Las Vegas." Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the song. It's the yeah. song, of course, of Las Vegas. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And Anne Margaret did a a biography at one point. Yeah, and said that you know was talking about how her relationship with Elvis Presley. And it was really serious, but mm. again, he couldn't. He couldn't leave her. Yeah. 
for a lot of reasons. And one of them, of course, would be financial. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it, it's, it's, it's strange, you know, these, these things that they are grabbing that you can just look in the past and go, oh yeah. So they're, they're, they're using this kind of a, a an idea. Oh yeah, that like, the mean, monetary because she owns fifty percent of the company. Well, and that's the key part is they started the company together. Together, yeah, and they are, and, and that's and that's what we haven't mentioned. It's not a corporation; it's a no. privately owned company. It is a billion dollar record company that's literally owned by these two people. Yes, and and obviously it is tight enough. Yeah. That he can't get out of it. Like in a lot of these cases, women <laughs> get screwed over. Oh, God, um, yeah. But generally, but in this case, this yeah. is such a tight and we will see why, because mm -hmm. the question, I mean, certainly um, Diana believes that he would have left except for the money. Yeah. It's not so clear by the time you get to the end of the arc. Yes, that's absolutely whether right. whether he actually that, would have. Well, whether, and that's the thing. That's the case. One of the things I love about this show is finding yeah. out more about Claudia and mm -hmm. how like and how frustrated she is with her life of idle riches. Because yeah. again, she has literally everything she ever wanted, and why is she so frustrated and unsatisfied by all of it? Yes. It's, uh, again, an interesting portrayal of the idle rich. So, a fuss has been caused. A yep. fuss has been caused. A mess was made. And so, Winston turns to his head goon and says, Bobby Travis ruined my night. Make sure you ruin his. And that's all he has to say. So, then we cut to uh, Bobby Travis and Vinny and, and Diana. Uh, Diana all going back in a limo. And to like uh, Bobby and Diana stop for some pizza. They get let out, and the minute they do, uh, the well, goon is there. <laughs> I think it's after the pizza. They're walking back. Yeah, to they're her walking place. back to his. Well, no, his place. They're walking. Back oh, to his, his place. place. Yeah. yeah, they're walking. They've gotten a slice. They're walking back to his place to talk about the uh, plans for the album, and <laughs> and Bobby just gets you know punched in the face and slugged in the stomach and you know tossed to the ground. As a little thank you from Winston. So, yeah, even in this industry, there's always somebody willing to throw a punch. There's mm -hmm. always somebody willing to break a leg. I mean, again, we all know the story of uh, how Vanilla Ice got signed to uh, Death Row Records. Getting dangled out a window by Suge Knight. Like, everybody knows that story. And it's like, that wasn't the first time somebody signed on a dotted line because they had a gun pointed at their face in the industry. Like, yeah, it's not an industry where people get killed all the time, but it is an industry that still has goons and does still have people getting killed. So that's, there is some threat left. And so then we get the, uh, the big scene where Vinny says to uh, Bobby, right, that uh, if they're going to be going to high-class parties... He can't have the newspapers, you know, taking pictures of him and trying to figure out who he is. So they can't have a lot of paperwork that says Vincent Terranova, president of Dead Dog Records, because of his mob connections. And that's, again, the problem with going undercover under your own name <laughs> is this stuff will follow you. And so he makes Bobby president and they go 
to have a meeting. They're supposed to be on a meet. Uh, they go and they get a phone call from uh, from Winston saying essentially, you know, it's like meet me at this popular eatery right now. Why? And then, of course, uh, his classic attitude, because I said so. <laughs> like, because I Winston, want you to. Yeah, yeah Winston's like, I, uh, you're going to be at this meeting because I want you to be at this meeting. And to him, that's all. Like, he's been so successful for so long. To him, that sounds like a good reason. But it's always a power play with him. Everything's a power play with him. And then we get my favorite line in the entire uh, arc, which is the wonderful moment. They go to breakfast. They go to breakfast with uh, Winston. And Winston, by the way, is meeting with a U.S. attorney who wants to run for the house. And uh, Winston is making it clear that money for that isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to meet with them and he says, okay, here's the deal. Uh, he actually offers them the $9 million that they were talking about. <laughs> that they were talking about. Right. He offers them the nine million dollars that they were talking about. And then he's like, "Okay, well, you know, uh, and they're like, I don't know. We've got to we've got to still work there and we've still got to do the album. And he's like, no, neither of that are going in. I'll give you ten million dollars. And then we get my my favorite line, which is Vinny saying these issues are non-negotiable. And Winston saying then name a price at which they are negotiable. (laughs) Yeah. And so then Bobby's like, 15 15? He's like, is that the number? And this is, and this again, how good Vinny is at manipulating people by this point in his career. Because he looks at Winston and what he sees is Winston, like Winston is the big fish in this industry. Winston is the, the head they want mounted on their wall. And what Winston can't take is being said no to. He has forgotten what it's like to have anyone say no to him. And so Vinny's like, it doesn't matter what I'm offered. I don't care about the money. What is important to me is pissing off Winston enough that he starts to make mistakes. Yeah. And that's such a good character thing from Vinny. Right? It's such a good character moment from Vinny. Like, he's now at the point where he is in this room. He's sitting literally next to a billionaire and because of his experience with the prophets, he knows that these people <laughs> can be insecure. He knows these people all have pressure points. And he knows that sitting at this table, because of the Diana connection, and because of how Winston freaked out last night and sent someone to beat Bobby up because Diana was there, he knows that contrary to all belief, he's the one with the power at the table. And he knows exactly how to play it. It's just like... I know it's weird to say, but it's like, it's like Vinny has grown up finally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So Vinny, he doesn't, Winston makes another offer. Yep. He offers the 15 million. Yep. That, that's it. Vinny and then, says, excuse me, we'll, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be in touch. And he walks straight over to, uh, straight the over to the Amber and And Johnny Medley. And Isaac and Johnny Medley, all of whom are sitting together because Johnny was actually excited after how well things went with the demo, he's actually excited to produce the whole album. He really wants to make this thing, but he knows it's dead because he believes it's dead because Winston wants it to be dead. And obviously Vinny's going to take the money. So Vinny just walks over and be like, okay, what if we bought dead dog for no money down? (laughs) 
Well, he doesn't. Yes. But I mean, that's essentially what he says. He's like, he's like, I will give you what will favorable terms. Yeah. We yeah, will figure says, out favorable terms. Yeah. And it, it, he doesn't tell him no money down yet, but no, he yeah. offers him favor. He says unfavorable terms. Yeah. We will figure out a way to yeah. get you this, uh, to get you this company. And they're like, okay, let's, let's have a meeting. And they do it. They sell out to Amber and Isaac. But in the meantime, officially part of. But yes. Yeah. Meantime. But in the meantime, Winston has offered twenty million. Has well, you know, fifteen. Fifteen. No, he offered oh, you're right. twenty. Yes, he offered twenty. Yes, you're right. That was the final offer. That was sort of the final offer, and then Winston, of course, walks over to up. the uh, and his way attorney. Out, walks over to the U.S. attorney and says that the guy who was at my table just threatened me in a very vague way and i would appreciate it for my own peace of mind if you could tell me everything you know about him mm -hmm. and of course you know u.s attorney the weird part is there's not actually anything really unethical about this because nope. i mean he's not just running a plate for a friend or something he has been reported that a man kind is maybe threatening a prominent figure with extortion, so it's fine for him to just dial up his computer and find out everything he knows about Vinny. And as Frank says, he did put in a routine, when he calls in Vinny to talk about this, he put in a routine request, so he got a routine uh, answer, which is Vinny is a hood who was involved in the Steelgrave organization and the Profit organization, and now he's just working on his own scams out of Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the key part is, and this is what I love, as Frank says, like Winston ha like is a maximum political contributor to both parties, meaning he can get people on the phone who can get past the security in Vinny's file. One hundred percent. His cover is not secure in this job. So he is going to be taking a risk by continuing to do it because we, if, as he says, if someone ch turns up a file that says Vinny's an FBI agent, yeah, it's a crime to tell anybody, but we can't know for a fact that they won't tell the person anyway. Yeah. Which so, is pretty fantastic. So this yeah, we, is have, a we have a threat. Yeah, we have a clear threat. And just again, in case the first episode was too soft for you, in this episode A... <laughs> We both get Bobby Travis getting beaten up and B find out that there is a good chance that he like his entire his life is in danger because if he is exposed, who knows who's going to find out about that? Yeah, Winston doesn't have any mob connections, but at the same time, if he's taught if it's in any way publicized, this is a problem. And this is a big problem. The one thing we didn't talk about, and I'm kind of embarrassed that we skipped it, is Bobby gets uh, Vinny in to see like. The one guy in the, <laughs> the one guy in the music industry who got the better of Winston, and that is James Elliot, and this is the only scene we'll have with James Elliot, who is Mick Fleetwood, <laughs> from the Whoa! band Fleetwood Mac, playing Bob Dylan. Bob I mean, Dylan, playing, yes, he's ex explicitly playing Bob Dylan. I am God. Yeah, <laughs> it is hard having people worship me. Yeah. You know what it's like going out and everybody worships you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as he said, as Vinny says, you know, why don't you give it up? And he's like, I gave up. Yeah. I didn't, gave but it they up. They didn't. Yes. The fans didn't give it up. So I'm stuck here. 
Like, when you're so far past successful, there isn't even a word for it. That's where Jimmy Elliott is. Yes. And that's the thing that finally gets them the $9 million, which is the uh, the billboard headline, uh, Jimmy Elliott signs deal with Dead Dog Records. Of course, yeah. the deal is for him to be an unpaid consultant to Dead <laughs> To to oh, to once once a week once, once a, a month. month meet with Vinny psychically yeah psychically <laughs> and in exchange Vinny will send him pastrami sandwiches <laughs> once a month and it's he likes his lean yeah he likes his pastrami lean oh uh, yeah and but and the they play air is, hockey <laughs> and they play air hockey to seal the deal it's a beautiful scene but it um they both found out the same thing about winston which is he is not a classy british guy he was born in new quay england uh but his parents moved to baltimore when he was three so like the at despite the accent he is american raised and he is and he like literally we find out in the background check a that he used to be a dj and he was taken down a payola scandal and then he started finding artists and signing the personal management contracts and eventually parlayed that into radiance recordings which is the giant company he now runs with his wife although he runs it full-time he owns with his wife and he's the one who runs it full-time and as Elliot says he's one of those contemptible people who hates where they came from and so all i had to do to get my you know hundred million dollars in royalties was just find out that he was actually a low-class guy from baltimore and he just paid me everything to keep i ever he, I, yeah he would ever owe me just to keep quiet about it yeah and the other thing we forgot is that yeah uh amber twine and oh yes Nikwes claudia yeah, and claudia, claudia are friends they yeah. were roommates they were friends way back when they were when. coming up yeah yeah you know, back and 15 she, years yeah. ago when they were coming up and the weird part is like we will find out that they are best friends who married best friends yeah. like we don't get the length to which in this episode you don't actually get the length to which uh winston and isaac are friends because we only see them competing. But the weird part is, they are genuinely close friends. They are, yes. And, it's, I mean, it is, it's interesting because what we, you know, you get this business with Amber saying, why can't you be more like Winston, ultimately? Yeah. And go looking for things. Why can't you go to South Africa, find some hunky-looking black guy who can sing, and bring and then, him back? Yeah. And turn <laughs> politics into, me. yeah, and turn politics into market to money because the that's, same way that that's winston, what was... winston is with the russian guy yeah yeah it's fantastic like, it really is and yeah. at the same time you have the irony with these two best friends where at the same time uh, <laughs> uh claudia wishes that winston was a little more like isaac and actually enjoyed life Yes, instead and of in, just and, always, and, and, instead of only ever he doesn't enjoy life he's obsessed with it yes such a good line uh, these these i mean it uh, they have set up all of these character relationships so that you can see that how intertwined yeah. this business is oh, as yeah. well and how intertwined the personal and the business is as we will find out oh god yeah it's no. but it's all being set up in these and they are beautiful scenes and they are so well written 
Yeah, like yeah. you, and that's the thing. The genius of this show is they managed to get in there and with just a couple of lines with each of these characters, you know exactly who all of the who all who they all are, and because you know them so well, you immediately know where the conflict points between them are going to be. Yep, it's so well. Although done. you don't expect, I mean. I can still remember when you watch it the first time, it's like, oh my, like what, what's this going to happen? What's going to happen? And the stuff that happens over just this arc is just amazing. Yeah. And again, this is is the third longest arc they'll ever do. No arc after this is longer than five episodes. And this one's seven, but like you really feel with these characters and with this setting just like the other ones, if they had wanted to do a whole season of this, they could have done a whole season of this. Yeah. Because there's stuff that is not explored as deeply as you would like it to be. And that's just true. Like, there's stuff that doesn't get explored as deeply as you would like. Like, it's a fantastic seven episodes, and you get a full, complete, fascinating story. But just as a fan and as a writer, I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, there's so much more they could have done with X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, I, yes. But I mean, we're I not feel... going to spoil it now, as you keep telling me. No, we're, we're not, not going gonna... to spoil it now. No, the only thing I would bring up is I feel the same way about vinyl. And it oh, yeah. only had oh. one season. I know. And that was the music industry in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, the, the, the funny 90s. part is, as he says, um, it's like uh, they go to a party and it's all people in... Uh, it's all people in tuxedos chatting with each other. And Vinny says to Bobby, I was expecting expecting the last days of Rome. And <laughs> Bobby says, you're about 10 years too late for all of that. <laughs> yeah. And that's and he's right, because that's what vinyl was about. Like yeah. the last days, the late 70s, early 80s rock industry, when it was all just insane. Drug, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Yep. And then, yeah, it, it was all getting... To- professionalized and corporatized by this time the rose (laughs) yeah and again i i often talk about how and i mean we talk i've talked ever since the first season about how the story of this of like the story of wise guy is like the the government coming in and cleaning up an industry so that it's safe for the corporations to take over (laughs) it's really i mean it is an interesting way of looking of, at it. of looking at what and i i don't know whether that was canal's intention like there there whether that was what an was over, coming next yeah yeah that, that that's basically but yeah you clean up this industry you clean up this industry and, and now we're cleaning safe. up the music business and now the corporations now just roll in Exactly. Like it's safe for the corporations to roll in. And that's what happened in, that's what happened to the casinos. They threw out the mobs and the corporations took over. (laughs) Right. That's what happened. I mean, the arms trade is now just, it's not shady anymore. The U S government is just openly supporting the people who sell these guns all around the world. Right. And then what happened? The garment trade, they closed down all of the sweatshops in New York and that the giant corporations moved in and now no clothes are made in America. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Like every one of the industries, we address it, and I think he did know, but I can't talk about why I think he did know 
until we talk about uh, the last season. Like, literally, the last story, like, this issue I'm talking about, the last story in the last season actually touches on this. But essentially, what Vinny's job is, his job is to come in and clean up an area that's too chaotic so that the corporations can come in. Because, again, what's so fascinating about Winston as a character is, yeah, he's a monster, but he's still just one man and he's still just human. And so stuff happens in the series that we'll talk about it comes that can only happen because he's a human with thoughts and feelings and is a person. But the kind of scumbag stuff that happens in the music industry now is just because a giant corporation is squeezing the workers as hard as they can. And you say, that's exactly what, isn't that exactly what (laughs) Winston was doing? Yes, he was. But when there's one person in charge of a company, you can appeal and you can reason with that person. And you can lay blame. You can and you can can blackmail and you can manipulate that. Like there's all sorts of things when it's a corporation. None of that can be done. No, because Because, they've all they've got they've got layers and layers of legal protection, layers and layers of legal protection. And no one essentially is making a decision on their own. And as they I remember someone's statement where it's like the problem is with a corporation, corporations are designed by their charter. Right. Like it's right there in the corporate documents that their job is to make as much money for the investors as possible. And if a CEO ever said, well, I'm going to do something that's decent based on, you know, it's decency, not money. That CEO can be fired by the board for not trying to make as much money as possible at every opportunity. And it's embedded. It's It's embedded in in law. That's it's not even that. It's embedded yeah. in law. Yeah. So, right. you know, I mean, it it is some um, this was the turning point that he yeah. keeps talking about the late 80s. Yep. And the early 90s. And as mm-hmm. I say, you know, it's fascinating. Controls? Yeah. Yeah, who controls this uh, these industries? And so that's what we're going to be exploring over the next 3 weeks as we talk about uh, you know, the other 5 episodes of this fantastic arc of television. Yep. Please join us back here for that. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, the, I believe, the ripoff stick and the, and it comes out here. Yes, yeah. that's so, what we're watching. Uh, so again, if, you, if you're not already watching this arc on Canal Fan 4587's uh, YouTube page, please go start watching it. It's magnificent. It's freely available on YouTube. You will not regret it. This is the, the guarantee I'm making to you. You will not regret seeing this. It's it's that good. Uh, so do that. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you think we should check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We're going to see you... Oh, um, I was about to say, are we doing anything on Tuesday? But we're doing that. I, I got it into my head that we were going to be put, doing uh, Vincenzo between arcs, but no, we're doing it at the end of the season. Uh, yeah. Be excited for us to talk about another Korean drama. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It ain't that far. Fu- it ain't that far away in the future. We got an amazing Korean drama to talk about. Uh, I see you've I, watched more of it. I, think. I did watch. Well, no, I watched the first two episodes, so I'm ready to go whenever we want to record. I'm excited to keep going. It's it's really good. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's a show that I mean we got excited because it was called Vincenzo and we were watching Wise Guy, but beyond that excitement, it's actually just a really good show. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be and it is available on Netflix. Don't worry. All right, so we're going to see you back here next week for those episodes of Wise Guy. Thanks for listening. Until then, we're going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.